You're listening to an Indiesaurus production. Okay, uh, you want to just get started? Let's do it. All right, let's talk about Bloodborne. No, shoot, <laughs> what is it? Kid Icarus. Oh, I probably should have played that one instead of Bloodborne. Welcome to uh, New Nintendo Podcast XL. I'm your host, uh, Brandon Hoff, and it's it's been um, uh, <laughs> a hot minute since I've done an actual episode. I think the last one um, I did was like late 2020, and so it's it's been a minute. And we've done a we've done a few uh, updates here for the for the show. Uh, first, I want to say that we are now part of the Indiesaurus Network, uh, home to uh, such fine shows such as Radish and uh, Naruto Run and Ham Ham Radio and just a bunch of other stuff. But I'll speak more to that later at the end of the show. But uh, I wanted to say that up top that we're now officially a part of a network, which I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams. But Happy to be a part of them and happy to uh, happy to be here, as always. Um, also, a little other thing is a programming note is uh, so this is primarily a Nintendo podcast, but I'm opening it up to be more of a just a mainly an, an, a video game enthusiast podcast. So anybody can come on and talk about any type of video game. It doesn't just have to be Nintendo related, although it'll more than likely be nintendo centric but so we might get some weird uh episodes down the pipeline but there's nothing wrong with that uh that's just how we're gonna do it speaking of which uh i have a special guest with us today uh go ahead and introduce yourself hey 
Uh, I'm Will. Uh, I'm on a couple of those shows that Brian just mentioned, also on the network. Uh, I also hang around most gas stations. <laughs> so if you see the guy out there, that's probably me. Brian, I have a question for you. Yeah. Where did Monday go? Um, I've been just sitting here wondering. I've been I've been racking my brain for the last uh, five years now, thinking about uh, where Monday went, and to this day, I have no fucking idea. Uh, Today's information age. We should be able to Google that. I listen. I've I have like my top people on it. <laughs> like just constantly trying to uh, get back to me and they can't tell me so but that's that's fine uh so will what are we what are we talking about today what game were you talking about uh this is kid icarus uprising it is the the third game in the kid icarus series uh if you live in the west and in in, if you live in japan it is the second game in the kid icarus series because there was a sequel for Game Boy that only the West got, which is weird. Um, but it is kind of a soft reboot. It is a distant prequel. It has almost nothing to do with the first two games. So for all intents and purposes, this is Kid Icarus. Yeah, so uh, I was looking into it, and uh, that second game that ki- that came out I, uh, of Myths and Monsters for the GBA, uh I didn't realize that J- Japan didn't have access to it until 2012 when it came out on the the eShop on the on the 3DS. That was the first time that they would be able to play that game. But it's crazy how Kid Icarus Uprising is, didn't come till basically almost 20 years later. Uh, and otherwise, the franchise had been mostly dormant. So kid icarus uprising a little bit about it it's a uh third person shooter sort of on rails type game uh that was developed by uh project sora uh the main director is uh masahiro sakurai who is known uh for such games as uh you know some of the kirby games as well as uh, smash bros which is what he's most widely known for at this point um but he was uh, approached to make this game and, um, you know, made it with his team. And uh, honestly, I'm looking at some of the people on this team. And the most notable person uh, that I think is one of the composers, uh, Matoi Saka- Sakuraba. He also has done a lot of stuff. Uh, but most notable, notably in my mind is the Dark Souls music for the series, which I think is really uh, wild. But... Um, Let's let's get into sort of the the meat and, and potatoes of this game. So first off, Will, I wanted to ask you um, when I, I was pitching, like trying to get people onto the show, you immediately came with me wanting to talk about this game. So I wanted to ask you first, sort of what what's been your history with this game, and like why was this your pick? I I love this game. Like this is probably one of my favorite Nintendo games. Um, when I played it, I was just enamored by it. It has so many weird and cool choices um, and so many uh, things that I think no game really does as well, uh, namely just like dialogue and fun characters and uh, does it all kind of seamlessly. Um, I think Palutena is like probably the best Nintendo character they've made in the past 40 years probably. Uh, she's the best one since probably Toad. Um <laughs> 
she's incredible. Uh, he's great in Smash. Uh, yeah, it's just like this game's got like it's got like Star Fox, it's got Kingdom Hearts, it's got like it's like the precursor to Hades. Uh, I referred to it for a while as like God of War Junior when I was like selling people on it. Um, it's just it's got so many like cool influences. And uh, it's just like a ton of fun, uh, so long as your hand doesn't cramp, because that is the one complaint, is that it has probably the worst control scheme of any game. I definitely remember buying it and opening up the box, uh, and it came with, with that that stand, yeah. and like, um, I used it at first. But then it just got to a point where it just seemed so annoying to use the stand uh, that I'd rather would just like hold my hand and like power through, like <laughs> like not you like just power through just playing the game, um, because it was easier than like using the stand. Like, did you find like when you played like did you find yourself using that stand much or was it more like I'm just gonna play this with my hands and not not worry about that. Oh, I bought it used, so I did not have a stand to to my name. Um, So I had to use a stack of bed pillows to hold my wrist up. Um, I will say, frustratingly, they did add CirclePad Pro support, which I was like, oh my god, they added two sticks to this game. It's going to be amazing. And the CirclePad Pro support was so that people who were left-handed can use it, because it added a stick on the right. So it didn't actually add two sticks. It just... (laughs) But the Circle Pad Pro did give the console a little more meat to it, that it didn't make it quite as, like, crab clawy on your hand. Yeah. Uh, so Circle Pad Pro for, for ergonomics plus stack of pillows, and you're... It's a, lot of, it's a lot of work to play a video game, <laughs> but, like, man, it's a good game. Yeah, honestly, I think, like, frustrations from the controls aside, like, I just remember being, like, really enamored playing this game. Um... Like you said, I think, like, it has some of the best writing, like, in a video game. And it doesn't uh, take itself uh, too seriously. Um, So, and I just, like, there's something that's really, really charming about it. Um, So, why don't we get a little bit into sort of what uh, the game is from a story perspective. Um, So... My understanding is that, you know, obviously, like, it's it's Kid Icarus, and, like, they draw a lot from, like, Greek mythology and stuff like that, and uh, I was looking at, like, several YouTube videos today, and it seemed like the point was that uh, Pitt couldn't really uh, fly at first, like, he was trying to figure out, like, how to fly, um, mm-hmm. and... Uh, he was being sent on missions um, by the uh, Palatina and ultimately like it was to get back at Medusa, but then some other tomfoolery happens. And um, I mean, at this point we're, I'll just say it like, we'll, we're going to get into spoilers because like this game is over eight years old now. Yeah. So if, if you haven't finished the book yet, turn the podcast off and finish the book. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, go ahead. Watch the manga. <laughs> um, speaking of which, there was there's some really good uh, like anime like shorts that came out. There are. Uh, oh, we're getting into that. Uh, but we can talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the story like aside from like there's like a lot 
like you can read a lot into it, but at, at the end of the day, it's like your pit, you fight a bunch of bosses. Uh, part of the level is like you're on the you're in the air, and the other part is you're on the ground. Like, does that does that seem fair? Like, why don't we like go a little bit more into I guess, um, you know, gameplay aspects of it, like. So there's yeah. there's like chapters, right? Yeah. So that there's levels, um, like missions. It's for, it's, there's no like overworld or anything. You just pick a mission and you go. Uh, much like Icarus, who's like you know wings melted and he died. Um, it's not that tragic. It's just like your wings will fall off after five minutes. So every every mission starts with a five minute on rail shooter section where you dodge off, very Star Fox like. Um, but you use the the gamepad, I guess the, the the stick, to kind of move pit around the screen, and then you use the bottom screen and the stylus as you're aiming. So you're shooting stuff and you're moving and you're it's, you're using the trigger to, to shoot and the stylus to aim. And it's a it's a pretty simple, uh, albeit not very ergonomic, uh, control system. And that was on purpose. Um, Sakurai said that one of the biggest barriers to entry of of games on, on handheld consoles is like complicated controls and you know oh l plus the up on the d-pad to do this and he wanted to make it like just pick up and play um so after your wings melt off you you land on the ground and then you have to do a on the ground uh, sort of kingdom hearts run around and fight guys and pick up uh items and fight bosses section uh which is either a third person shooter or a third person brawler kind of depict depending on what weapon you pick and I gotta say, as far as the weapons go, like there, um, I had forgotten uh, until I was looking up stuff uh, for this episode uh, that there are a ton of weapon choices um, and just options that you can, like, really like dig your teeth into. Like I, I saw like there's like all these different types of guns and like swords and like bows and you can combine stuff and. Um, like just figure out like what's going to work best for you. Um, I think at one point I was using like this, like, I don't know if it was a bow, but it was like basically something that like would shoot lasers. I think was Mm -hmm. the best way to describe it. And, uh, like, um, that seemed to work for me, but like having been removed from the game for a little like a long time like i had just forgotten like how deep that goes and then there's this whole like other um aspect to where like you can add these like buffs from palutena but it's like you have to sort of like tetris them into the square um Mm. and they are like you can only put so much in there right um but like depending on what you wanted to use um to like help like buff your your pit uh like you'd have to figure it out and do it like creatively and i actually really really like that uh because it there seems to be like a lot of customization when it comes to uh your character and how like they're going to interact with the game in terms of like how they're going to attack and what sort of things that they're going to do um which is like really really rich for uh this this type of game because typically it's more like if it's something that's like slightly on rails and you're just shooting maybe there's not as much customization and uh it's something that i find really charming about this this game in particular 
this game's 1.5 gigs to, or total. Like it's it's stupid small for how many weapon choices and and dialogue options there are. Yeah. Um, have you played near Automata? Uh, I haven't. So you'll like this. There's an option in near Automata. You pick up chips, which are like your buffs because you're a robot. And when you go in the menu to equip your chips, um, you have like a certain number of slots. But things like your health bar and the objective bar and the mini map, those are also chips. So you can technically unequip all of those things and they won't show up on your screen and you have more room for damage buffs. So if you're like, I know where to go, you can unequip the map chip. And like you can basically take away the entire HUD of the game and free up space for damage or defense or whatever. That's that's crazy. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really no, good. It, no, that is really good because I I like that that sort of customization um, options. Like in in games, like I've been really getting into uh, Monster Hunter Rise, which like gives you like so much choice, like almost mm. like <laughs> to the point where it can be a little off putting at first. Uh, but it gives you so much choice in like your weapons and like your armor and all this stuff and like how you interact with the game. And I, I always appreciate when a game does that and gives you options, like when it comes to what it is that, how you want to interact with the game, uh, and how you want to like buff yourself and, um, and all that stuff. And so I think, I think that what they did with, with this in, in Kid Icarus Uprising, um, is is really nice um i'm reading up about like you you mentioned Star Fox, so like i like i was reading up about the development of this game and yeah i think originally um one of the it was going to be an original game but they decided to go for an already existing ip and i know that Star Fox was the uh like a consideration for this type mm-hmm. of game, but uh, it, my understanding is that Sakurai had said that like that would have been a little too restrictive because like they're in ships, um, mm. and then Kata Chris just seemed more open. Uh, also, he brought back Pit already for Brawl, right? Yeah, so like Pit, you might as well. You get the model. You got some a new new design for this character. Yeah, um, people asking who the hell he is. And I I like that that they they took a gamble with um with Kid Icarus and with using Pit and using that that sort of world because they hadn't really touched it since uh, 1991, um, and then otherwise like you know the only other game he had been in recently was was Brawl and that was back in like 2008, yeah. um, and I also think it's wild that like. Sakurai was one of the first people outside of Nintendo uh, to know about the uh, the 3DS's existence. Um, At one point, they said like this is like the first game being developed for the 3DS. Yeah, like they they developed it on Wii software or hardware because they didn't have a 3DS to make it on. <laughs> Which is like insanely wild to me because it's like, yeah, he's he's developing it on Wii software, but ultimately he's bringing it to the 3ds which like i just probably isn't as beefy yeah um but also like the fact that like the studio itself that was developing it was was kind of small too um 
in in the sense you, that like a lot of people were hired on like ad hoc. Do you know what other games Project Sora has made? Um, not off the the top of my head. Um, it, I, I can tell you. I mean, is it? I oh no, it is just it's it's just Kid Icarus. Yeah, this is an ad, a totally ad hoc studio made for this game, <laughs> and that's and that's it. That's all they yeah. did. Um, otherwise, uh, it's been Medios uh, for Sora Sora Limited. So Medios, Brawl, uh, 3DS, and Wii U Smash, and then Smash Ultimate, and that's it. Well, do you know about Sora Limited's whole deal? Uh, no. This is interesting. So, uh, HAL Labs made Smash Bros, and they made, like, the Kirby games and stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's where Iwata's from, too. So, Sakurai didn't like HAL Labs, how it was being run. So, he left HAL Labs, and he created Sora Limited, which is a company that only has two employees, him and his wife. He was, uh, Michi... Uh, what's her name? Sorry. Uh, yeah, Michiko Sakurai, who does the UI design. So they are a contract house. Okay. Whose only two contractors are the people who run the contract house. And basically, you can hire Sora Limited, which is Sakurai and his wife, to come to your studio and run your employees. He was so good at his job at HAL, he left HAL, made himself a contractor, and then got HAL to forever hire him back to run the <laughs> studio. <laughs> Just tell your boss, I'm not going to work here anymore. Leave, and then be like, Hey, I'm coming back, but I'm not going to play by your rules, and I'm my own company, and they do it forever. That rules. God, Sakurai is such a badass. Um, yeah, insanely good at what he does. Yeah, it, it it's unfortunate. Like, he, I know that he is, like, talking about, like, going possibly into early retirement Um due to the fact of like the work on smash bros has been like extremely daunting and like kind of bad for his hands um to the point where like he had to like chill out uh so like that's that's unfortunate um i imagine he's one of those like perfectionist workhorses though yeah he's like gotta do it all himself he he wrote this game himself i know and the which is like I, I want to talk a little bit about, like, the, the dialogue and just, like, how I feel like this game doesn't, like, take itself too seriously. Um, like, there's just a lot of, like, really goofy, like, interactions. Um, I think most notably again, uh, with uh, Pitt and Palutena. Um, oh, yeah. I think their, like, sort of their interactions and, like, how they talk to each other is just so funny. Uh, just makes it... It makes a it adds to the overall richness of the of the game, uh, as well as like Dark Pit's interactions with with Pit, um, mm-hmm. which, uh, like I I think like because like Pit Dark Pit is like overly edgy, and like Pit's just like like a do gooder, like he's very happy. Yeah, just a very <laughs> very a happy. bubbly kid. Yeah. Well, there's there's no universe in which this game isn't made, besides the one we're in right now, where Palutena isn't a stick-in-the-mud, high-and-mighty goddess, and Dark Pit isn't Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> but in this universe, they're way, way, way better, 
because Palutena is she's basically Misato from Evangelion. Yeah. She's an absolute hot mess. Uh, he was looking after this this reckless child, and Dark Pit is like like I think the the, the the article even says that like Sakurai was sure to like make not make Dark Pit inherently evil. He's just the shadow version. He's the opposite of Pit. Yeah. But that doesn't make him like he's not like, you know, stealing candy from a baby and that's fine by me. You know, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. God, it's just the nuance is so good here. It's it's really good. And like there's a lot of um not just those characters. And another one that like really stuck out to me as I was like doing more research is uh this character, it's uh I'm trying to find their name. It's 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 a woman. Uh, is it Verity? Uh, yes, yes. You, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is specifically the person that like their their interactions to are maybe some of the the funniest uh, in in all the game. Like just the things that they say, um, and like how they all interact is just like so so good. Um, the big the big reveal. Uh, towards the end of the game is uh, Medusa. So you think that you're going to fight Medusa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, so you do, but then turns out it was just a false, false final boss. And really the, the big bad is, is Hades. Um, Classic. So uh, the game like goes on for another like 12, 13 chapters. Um, and, uh, gets, gets kind of gets, a I wouldn't say dark, but like definitely gets a little kind of like serious for a bit, but then it's still, I think the overall feel is like, it's still silly and like retains that like lighthearted, uh, goofiness that is, um, I think that's what makes this game like so special. It's like the Pokemon movie, like where Ash dies, but like it's still a Pokemon movie. Yeah. So like, it's not that upsetting. Like, Ash, it, Ash does die in front of Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> he, he does, and then yeah, and they bring him back. <laughs> I mean, that's basically like I'm I'm looking over the plot right now, and it's talking about like how it's like Dark Pit has to take Pit back to something called the Rewind Spring. So that like time can be reversed for Pit's body, so Pit doesn't die. There's a part where you get like put in a ring, and then you like control a dog who picks the ring up. And there's there's a lot of like high stakes, but still like ultimately cartoony stuff in this game. Yeah. Um, which like, man, I've been like thinking about like the 3DS a lot lately. Been feeling really nostalgic for it, and mm-hmm. I definitely want to play this game probably sooner rather than than later uh because like i'm just now i'm just thinking about like how much fun i had with this like i gotta be honest this game has no right being as good as it is absolutely not um (laughs) it's it's, it's ridiculous it's like nobody nobody asked for this I, I definitely remember the reveal at um like E I want to say E three like twenty eleven, mm. um, and uh I was like, 
like what is this like why why would i want this and then i yeah i i bought it um and was instantly like just in in love with this game like it's definitely to me one of the like if you have a 3ds like you owe it to yourself to to play it with this game to play this this game like do you i guess like do you agree like do you feel like this is like like this oh, this yeah. is a title that can hang with the other big, Absolutely. big boys. This is, this is in my opinion probably the best 3ds game um i don't know there's a couple that i'd put up there as well but like especially like first party nintendo game absolutely this is this and like donkey kong re- uh, returns um yeah it would be like if they announced a burger time 3d <laughs> brawler and you're like what the hell and then you bought it and you were like this is the best game ever <laughs> like, how, how did they do this why is joust with a tactical shooter the best game on the switch right now it's like it's like comes out of nowhere 30 year old ip blows the nuts off everyone yeah it's so good it's who who, is, who plays it which because this game didn't i don't think it it's woefully underplayed yeah i think despite like it's still sold pretty well it's sold like over like 1.3 like million copies um mm-hmm. so like it they're they're out there like people have played this game and like critically like people like the critics like this game like on on metacritic it, it averaged uh you know roughly like mid mid 80s and uh it seems the general consensus is that this game is good um the issue is the controls yeah I mean, it got a it got a perfect score from uh i'm, I'm never, I never know if i'm saying this right famitsu yeah the yeah, it's like one of the only games to get a perfect score. Also, Sakurai is a columnist for that <laughs> that publication, so I'm not sure the ethics there hold up. But yeah, it's the 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 controls are like the one thing everyone says, and then everyone's like, "Yeah, everything else is great." The voice acting, uh, even like the English voice acting, in a time where like dubs and like localized games like weren't as big as they are now. Yeah, uh, who's the who's the voice cast of this game? Look this up. Um, and there's like so much of this game that I feel like, I feel like we don't get Hades without this game. You can strike me down here if I'm, if I'm being too high. No, I think, I think, I think that's, that's valid. Cause like this was around the time where like, I think the only other thing that was using sort of like the Greek mythology stuff was god of war uh and like other than that like i don't think that there was many other ips at this time that were like going for that um and like the way that this game is written in the way like that like with the setting and the characters i could totally see like the developers of hades like taking a look at this game and like taking influence because the way that the game is written and the way that the characters interact in the, the environment, I, there's no way that they didn't like get some kind of influence and the, the talking heads, the way all the gods are kind of like weirdly humanized. Yeah. Like they have like very, very human and like kind of awkward interactions at some points. And like, 
very much the same way that gods and Hades talk to each other, especially because like also you get the whole thing with like, do you want the gloves or the spear or the food for this run, which is also like, I mean, it's a little more mechanical than that, but like the, the weapons that are all kind of based on like Greek weapons. Plus, like, Pandora basically straight up looks like Dusa. Yeah. Like, it's the, the, the kind of disembodied head. Yeah. It's, like, manic. Absolutely. Um, I... there's That's the thing, too, is, like, from a mechanical standpoint, uh, there's also... So, like, that, that Fiend's Cauldron that I touched upon a little bit that, like, influenced, uh, you know, Smash Bros. <laughs> I forgot that was the name of it. You said that fiend's cauldron I touched upon. And I was like, what did you do in your spare time? Listen, that cursed cauldron I found in the woods. I, I keep it behind my house, behind the the uh, mowing clippings uh, for, for safekeeping. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, um, no, like, it's the the thing to make the game more either, like, easy like as easy as it can be or to make it like a difficult did you ever like um where did you like kind of fall on that on that scale did you ever play it like on uh 9.0 or did you i i oh no i know i kept maybe towards the middle uh and sometimes if i felt like it was too hard i even slid it down like more towards like one uh just because i wanted to get through the level um but it also like if you die, I think it does automatically take it down for you, which I like. Yeah, because it's like, all right, on this run, we're gonna make it a little bit easier, but like not a ton easier, but just a little bit. Yeah, I I, I tend to enjoy games on the normal difficulty, um, so I usually kept it around like five or six. Sure, I feel like that was that was around the middle. Um, I don't know, just like in my experience, most games when you put it on hard mode. Uh, with the exception of like some stealth games and survival games and stuff, um, really all it does is like give the enemies more damage and bigger health. Yeah, like it's not really that's not really hard. It's just like it takes me longer to kill them. <laughs> I will always take the um, the path of least resistance. Uh, although sometimes like I will just play a game if there's like easy and normal, I'll just I'll do normal and like that'll be fine. But like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, if I'm just like, man, I'm just trying to play through this game and not, like, you know, bash my head against the screen like I would, say, mm-hmm. like, Dark Souls or Bloodborne, um, which doesn't have an easy mode. It's just, that's the game. This is the game. Yeah. Deal with it. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to, like, I just want to play, like, the game. Um, it's for recreation. You shouldn't be sweating. Yeah. If you don't want to be. Um, and it's not that I don't like a, a game with a good challenge. I definitely do. Like it's the reason why I play like those types of games. But like at the same time, I feel like with this with Kid Icarus Uprising, I Kid Icarus Uprising, uh, I really appreciated the fact that it was like if you wanted a challenge, it's it's here, but like you, um can just like kind of coast through the game and that's that's fine uh too uh and also like i hate when games when you die a couple times and you get that really condescending screen where it's like do you want to turn on easy mode and like because i'll never do that i'll never if you ask me then like that way i'll never do it but the way this game frames it like 
when you die, uh, you're you're making a bet is how they frame it in the in the narrative. Like you're making a bet. Like I'm gonna make it through on this, and if I make it through on this difficulty, I get this many coins. And then if you die, it goes down like you know point three or whatever, and you lose some coins. So the way it's like, oh, you didn't make this bet. Let's try again with this difficulty. Is a lot less condescending than. Do you want the baby mode turned on when you <laughs> when you die? So I appreciate it. Like it's a little bit more respectful. Yeah, um, and it's not like uh, one example that I remember is from playing Wolfenstein Two and like just playing like the difficulties. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, do you want to be a, a fucking piss baby or are you gonna be? Oh a, yeah, uh, you want to make it really hurt. And I, as much as I love that game, I was like, come on, come on now. Like I don't, I don't need all that. Like, don't shame me for choosing the the easier route. Um, I, I feel like Doom could get away with that just by nature of that game basically being power thirst. <laughs> yeah, and, and, the, and they you, and they, you got to really lean into it though for it to be a joke and not be like insensitive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, the main game aside, did you ever like? Because uh, there is also like other things that you can do like there was a whole like ar card game Mm -hmm. um did you ever mess around with that or did you have any of the ar cards or um i guess what was your experience with that i never had the ar so i bought it used so it didn't come with any of the peripherals or anything i don't know if they the the box version of the game did that have ar cards in it? it had a few uh but then you could like get more so that you could do the game and the whole point of it was basically like you would just put two cards down and then like they would just kind of battle it out and then that would be sort of like it like there was more just like really these really nice like cards to kind of look at and then like battle but it wasn't like anything super super crazy okay so it's like like a fun a fun side thing yeah well because it was one of those like it's like, oh, the 3DS, it has AR uh, technology, which, like, <laughs> they dropped <laughs> right away. Um, hey, Bravely <laughs> Default had it, kind of. Yeah. For that one opening movie. It did. It did. Um, which, man, I had forgotten <laughs> that that game actually that utilized that, that tech. Um, I played it very recently. I still need to finish Bravely Default, too. Uh I'm like not even that far into it. It's a good game, but I gotta restart one. It's been too long. Um, same. I'd like to replay through one in in second as well. Uh, but I I like played those games. I to the point where I maxed out all the jobs and all the levels on every character. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> well, because what you could do is you could find these. Uh, there's these items that you can get, basically where like. You wouldn't get any money, but you would, could get max, uh, like, job points and experience points. Uh, oh, cool. And so you just put them on every character. There was a specific spot that I would go fight uh, um, creatures. And so I would, like, just grind and, like, watch a show or something. And then, like, just do gotcha. that. Um, and then just made some really ridiculous characters. Um I don't know what compelled me to do that because you definitely don't have to do that to like play those games or even beat them. <laughs> um, but I just, I don't know. There was something, something about just it. Love the sport. Yeah. Uh, no, but like, so like, but then I remember the other mode was like multiplayer. 
Uh, did you mm-hmm. ever? Did you like play multiplayer with people, or was it more? Was this more Not, of a, like just a solo experience? I didn't have any friends who like had 3ds's, so um, yeah, I was kind of I was kind of alone. I don't know why. Like none of my friends in college. I was the only one who had a Wii U, only one who had a 3ds. Um, I just kind of played the played the single player, which is kind of how I play games now. Like I'm, uh, I've actually I got Guilty Gear ready to go for midnight, but uh, for the most part, I'm I'm just a single player, just a single player guy. Yeah, married to the sea. Um, I mean, I I definitely when when did you get a 3ds? Because I was an I was an early adopter. Like I got it like day day of. Oh man, I didn't. I had a DS Lite. Uh, that I played a little bit, and then in college, around the time Pokemon X and Y came out, I got mine. So I don't know what year that was. I think that was 2013. Yes, because I was probably like a third year in college. Um, I got it uh, because it came with Pokemon Y, and I was like, oh, what a great deal. Um, and I hadn't played a Nintendo handheld game in a while, and I didn't even... So, like, the joke of this podcast, right, is new Nintendo Podcast XL. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo's so bad at branding. I didn't know the 3DS was an iterative console. I thought it was the DS with a 3D screen. Um, so when I found out it was like a, a better console, I think that's what sold me on it because the DS was kind of a uh, kind of primitive in its in its display and its inputs. Yeah. Um, yeah. At that point, like it was just like a whole new system and had some really um, some high power to the to the 3DS like. One thing that like that doesn't really matter later on in 3DS's life, though, I do think like certain games still do really well. As but something that another thing that they did really well with with this game in in particular is the is the 3D uh, aspect mm-hmm. of it. Did you um, find yourself like? Because I know I I played with the 3D on uh, as much as I could until unless I felt like. At some point, like if my hands were cramping up, like I would turn it off so that <laughs> I could just play the game. But a lot of times I had it on because I thought it looked really good. Yeah, like the 3D. I usually had the 3D on probably like 20% of the way just to give it some depth, but not like the crazy 3D effect. Yeah. I feel like that's my that's my sweet spot with the 3D um, for most games. Uh, yeah, I, I did. And I think, I mean, the reason that Sakurai made this game a third-person shooter, a, a, a game he's a, a genre he's never done before, uh, is because he said that, like that would that would showcase the 3DS screen the best would be like you know yep. you in the foreground and then in the background, stereoscopic moving around um, instead of just like a platformer. Yeah, and I think it 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 works out like super super well, and there's the way that it looks um, is is fantastic. And um, I I loved it, and that's why like I wanted to keep it on. <laughs> and the and the only reasons why I turned it off was because my hands were cramping up, and uh, I wasn't using the stand because uh, <laughs> I just I that stand like is just so ridiculous. Um, and that that's the thing that Nintendo does that. Uh, <laughs> Is they'll like come up with like a peripheral for one game, and then it'll never happen. Like that stand was never used for anything else. It was specifically no. for this game. Um, the Hey You Pikachu, Mike. Yeah. Um, Super Scope Six uh, was only really used for two games. 
Um, Poco Walker. Yeah. Oh. A lot of Pokemon games have the have the gimmicky hat on for some reason. Yeah. Um. I only think about it. There was the the Pokemon like the Pokeball controller that you can get for uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Um, it doesn't work for any other game. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it works for. Well, I don't know if it works for Sword and Shield. I don't think it does. Um. But I'll have to look into that. Uh, I don't have that controller, but it does. It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like the stand aside, like I still think, like you know, I was still able to play the game even without the stand, and it's it's to the point where, like, I think, like, I was playing it on a small 3ds, like the original, like just small Ooh. one, um, and so now I have I have a a, a new Nintendo a new Nintendo 3ds XL. Uh, hey, that's the name of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have that, so I'm wondering if like playing it on a bigger screen will be like to its benefit. Uh, I found that even on the XL, I had a hard time knowing where I was on some of the on some of the uh, uh, ground levels. Yeah, because like the camera's pretty close to pit. It's kind of hard to look around. Like, I feel like a lot of... If I have another complaint for this game, it's that, like, there's not really a mini-map. You just kind of... It's, it's it's a lot like Kirby, where, like, when you hit the end of the level, you're like, oh, I guess I made it. Like, I, I never know where I am at a Kirby level. Um, and this one, you just kind of go from room to room until the boss shows up. Yeah. And I feel like I kind of wanted to explore a little more, but the, the camera and I really couldn't tell where it was in the... You know, complex building I was running through yeah. on my tiny screen. Uh, I, I still think like a like a like a switch port of this or something on the big screen uh, would would be a day one buy. I a- absolutely incredible. Absolutely would want a a switch port. Um, it, in regards to like, because like people like there is a cult following for this game, and like people love this game uh, as they should, uh, but. Like, you know, Sakurai has said, like, you know, um, as far as, like, there being a sequel, he's pretty much just, like, there's no sequel plan because, like, you know, the studio was ad hoc. You know, they just hired people on for this game that the studio closed down. Um, You know, he's been asked about a modern, you know, port for the Switch, and he has, like, you know, has denied it also just because, like, the nature of like the studio just being like cobbled together and then like taken apart. Like it it just doesn't seem likely, which is unfortunate. Uh, Mm -hmm. but I mean that could potentially change. Like, I don't know what Nintendo has plans in regards to like bringing their, you know, libraries up to current gen, like software, like beyond, like, I don't know. That's, that's their whole, that's the biggest problem to know right now is they have this giant catalog of of games uh, that they have ports for because they were on the Wii U and uh, but they're just kind of sitting on them. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing too is like the the Wii U like uh, e- eShop is actually really good, um, but it's on the Wii U and like we have like <laughs> we have a Wii U. It's just not like it's not plugged in. Um, You're not going to plug a console in to go play, you know, 
Pokemon Mystery Dungeon <laughs> no. or whatever on, on the Wii U <laughs> eShop. That's the thing, too, is, like, I... There are a lot of games I want to play, and, like, they're not helping in the case of, like, emulation uh, because, like, there's just no, no. Ac- there's no access. Like, you can't play GameCube games unless you have a GameCube or a Wii, and if you don't have that stuff, how are you going to play, you know, any kind of GameCube games? There's no easy access. Same with, like, 64 um, and, like, GBA and, like, DS. Like, we're at a point where it's, like, Nintendo needs to, like, figure out, like, maybe do some sort of, like, Netflix style. Like, kind of what they're doing already with the online, like, SNES. Yeah. Um, and people would pay for that. I mean, I pay for... There's a PS Now and there's Game Pass. Yeah. Which have, you know, the whole back catalog of... Like, the PS Now especially has, like, back to PS1 games. And it's, like, $19 a month and you can play, like, their entire catalog. Including, like, you know, PS3 games, which are basically lost to the ether because... Uh, PS3 is a spaghetti noodle of architecture. <laughs> yeah, you you can't port those games to anything. No, no. So like those are the ones you have to like stream over the internet. But like even there's a way to play Metal Gear Solid Four legally through PlayStation. So there's no reason you can't play Earthbound or or pay for. There's no reason I, I can't pay for Earthbound on my console. No, but you can uh, either play it on your 3DS or play it on the Super. Uh, Nintendo Mini Classic. Uh, do that. What did I end up pl- playing it on? Because I beat it recently. I guess it had to have been on 3DS. Which, honestly, is not... Like, that's not bad. Like, that's kind of nice that it's on 3DS, but it would be even nicer if it was on my nin- Nintendo Switch. Uh, bigger screen? Yeah, bigger screen. Um, like, better just overall support. Like, it... It just it, it makes sense. It, it, it's it's mind boggling that the, that game's not even a part of their online service. Um, people are speculating that it has to do with like certain licensing issues and like there's a reason why they put like games like Ninja Jaju Marukan on mm-hmm. on online because uh, the licensing is maybe easier for the, like that type of stuff and so you get like kind of weird titles like that versus like the ones you might actually want. Um, because people want to like either make remakes or like release them as like their own little collection like for the switch because they know that like suckers like me will buy it uh we're getting we're getting lee carvello's putting challenge (laughs) on the on the the switch online (laughs) meanwhile we can't play you know donkey Kong country 3 anywhere actually that's not true anymore (laughs) Is that on there now? It's on there. Yeah, all all three oh, all, all three Donkey Kong countries are on there. Um, so at least at least there's that. Um, Play John Madden football too. <laughs> in NBA Jam 1994. Now that one, that and King Griffey Jr. Home Run Derby on the on the SNES. Man, I'd buy I'd buy a console for that. Yeah, incredible game. I don't remember anything about it <laughs> except that I played the I played the hell out of it through middle school. I also didn't like baseball, didn't know what was going on there, but I rocked that game. I definitely remember playing. I want to say like a Ken Griffey Jr. baseball game for sixty four at a friend's house, and just had so much fun playing that game despite like the fact that like I was not into sports at all. But it sport sports games are fun. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, and, and 
it's not just like Mario. Like I definitely like playing the Mario, like Mario Tennis and Mario Golf and all that stuff. Like, but like normal, mm-hmm. normal ass sports games are just ridiculously fun to play. Uh, same with like like Wii Sports that was packaged with the Wii. Um, God damn, I played. I played. I I think I wore that disc out with how much I played that game. Because that's a free game, yeah. It's still getting usage at nursing homes or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're still wearing that game out. Oh yeah, people are still playing playing that one. Um, as far as uh, Kid Icarus Uprising goes, like, um, I mean, you know, what what else is there to say? Like, uh, do you have anything else that you want to say in regards to this game overall? Is there anything that we didn't touch upon that you want to talk about? I don't think so. We talked about the the oh the anime. The, oh yeah, that's right. The shorts. Yeah. So around the time that the game came out, they put out several shorts uh that were that coincide with the game. Um and you could watch them on the on your three DS. Yeah, next to Dinosaur <laughs> Office Party. <laughs> I forgot that 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 was a thing that they were doing for a little while was just like there is the little like little clips like I think there was like um there was dinosaur office party there was the like the, the kid Icarus uh anime shorts which were really good and I highly recommend um I think they're on YouTube I think you can find them Yeah um S- Studio Shaft made one of them like they made Madoka Magica the year before and then they made this really stupid skit about Palutena accidentally <laughs> bringing carrots to life and him chasing her. And it's amazing. I just, I love like how much like stuff that they went in on this game and like how much they like really, you know, uh, took the time to like do, uh, do what they wanted and like add, sort of the stuff i'm i'm also reading up now that like i guess sakurai supervised the work for the anime shorts but like just like let them do their own thing otherwise i'm surprised he didn't just like i'll draw myself yeah <laughs> give me the give me the pencil i made kirby let me do this oh uh, and it looks like uh like so the ar cards too uh i think there were limited packs because of those anime shorts as well um yeah, and so I'm reading. So like, there is several. Like, there's one called Medusa's Revenge, a two part of the Palutena's Revolting Dinner, which is the one that was made by Shaft, and then there was uh, Thanatos Rising, which was like a three parter. Um, and so like, is it the 3D one? Uh, I believe so. Um, no, one of them is 3D. And like, they're all good. And like I said, you can go watch them. They're all on YouTube right now, and I highly encourage you you watch them if you haven't seen them. But I think it just added to the overall, you know, oeuvre of the of the of the game and the experience. And uh, like I said, this game has no right to be as good as it is. Um, no, but it's uh, it's it's incredibly good, and now I want to play it. And I did check; it is uh, thankfully you can get it digitally on the eShop for 35 bucks um that's not bad it isn't bad uh i I mean i guess it was 40 full price but like 35 bucks for this game is kind of a steal that's not bad uh i haven't seen any used copies in a while but it doesn't mean that they're not out there i mean enough people bought them uh 
And my one regret is that I got rid of my copy uh, because I was trading in a bunch of games so that I could uh, get Fire Emblem Awakening <laughs> for my good game. My, oh yeah, totally worth it. Uh, but oh, I can get you. You can get a used copy on Amazon for forty-five physical copy. Does that include potentially with the stand? Okay, so that comes potentially with the stand. <laughs> okay, so it comes with the stand. Does it come with the AR cards, or is it just like just here's the stand uh, and the game and like the box? Uh, I think it depends on the seller. Hmm. Okay. They're all they're all used. Sure. So uh, that makes sense. Um, yeah, go to the sellers and look at the, like what condition they're in. They'll probably list what. Uh, also, like you don't you don't need the stand no, you, if you, if you get a standless game. Uh, you can you can still have 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 a dandy time with. Oh, it. absolutely. Uh, just do what Will did and like put put your setup on a stack of pillows, and you'll be fine. Make your own comfort. <laughs> it's also a life lesson. <laughs> Sometimes life isn't gonna give you a stand. That's true. Um. Will, I want to say thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and for bringing one of your your all time favorite games, uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. Uh, I had thank you. a a joy talking to you about this 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 game and um, just kind of revisiting this uh, this game has made me feel really nostalgic for it. Now now I want to play it. Uh, We're gonna do it this weekend. So yeah, I might have to go scoop up a copy if I don't get it uh, digitally. Uh, maybe I'll like lurk. I have a couple like local game shops that sell used stuff, and so they might have a copy for a pretty good price. Um, Will, where can people find you? What else are you doing out there on the internet? Oh man, um, I got a couple things going on right now. Uh, first of all, you can find me at Will from Online on Twitter. That's my that's my Twitter name. You can find me there. Uh, that's pretty much all, I'm, all I post at. I don't really do the other ones. Um, Twitter's my, my main muse. Uh, but I do a podcast called Radish. It is our weekly show uh, I've been doing for a couple of years where we do show and tells uh, on good things we found or into that week. Um, I also do, I'm on a limited show right now called The Shondering, where the hosts of Radish watch The Conjuring films. Uh, not that the third one just came out. We're watching that one this weekend. Um also do a new show called The Naruto Run, where me and Evan, uh, or my friend Evan, we watch... I've never seen Naruto. Uh, Evan's seen all of Naruto. Uh, we're, we're watching through it two or three at a time and talking about it. we got some, hopefully, guests lined up soon for that, which will be fun. Uh, but really, you can find me at uh, Mr. Wilfram Online, and you can join our Discord uh, for the IndieSaurus Network. All of those shows and the show you're listening to right now are on that network. Uh, the Discord's a ton of fun. We got a good community. Um, I'm there. Brand's there. Sean's unfortunately there. <laughs> um, we get, we do fun stuff. We have a fighting cl- game club. We have a One Piece book club. Um, that we're reading all of One Piece, and that's I've I've suckered Brand into that. So uh, yeah, you can find me there and uh, come hang out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can find definitely join the Discord. I highly encourage it. Uh, even if you don't want to join the One Piece Book Club, although you should because it's uh, yes, thank you. It's extremely fun, and I always have a good time uh, hanging with uh, with my my pirate crew talking about One Piece. Uh, one Piece is maybe one of the greatest uh, shonen uh, properties to ever exist at this point. Um, I'll go. I, I'll say it. I'll say it. 
Um, why not? Brand was a non-believer before, <laughs> and now look at yeah. them. <laughs> um, um, you can follow the network also on Twitter at uh, IndieSourceNet uh, to keep up oh, yeah, with uh, all the shows. <laughs> um, and then I want to say we do, we have a we I, I want to say we do have a website. It's IndieSource.com where you can also find. Uh, links and descriptions about the shows and the people who are on the shows and all that good stuff uh there uh you can follow me on twitter at brn hoff uh that's where you're gonna find all my sort of creative in- endeavors um i also do make music as uh cave point uh so if you're into like ambient drone stuff you can find all that at cave point music uh on twitter as well um and that's that's really it uh so for uh indiesaurus for new nintendo podcast xl uh and for mr will mr will far uh i've been your host uh brandon hoff and until next time you better play the game before the, <laughs> before to you. before the games play oh, you I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, that's fine. I, I, I literally, I came up with that on the spot. I didn't know if that was like a thing you did every episode. And I just totally talked over it. I was going to be like a new. new-